Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. The book of Isaiah, chapter 5, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard? that I have not done in it. Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Today I just want to talk to you from the thought. When God asks why? When God asks why? The book of Isaiah, one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. His major, not because his message was more important than the minor prophets, but he was major because of the content. The book of Isaiah has 66 chapters, which coincides with 66 books of the Bible. The book of Isaiah has been categorized and has been labeled by theologians down through the years, amen, as the gospel of the Old Testament. There is no other book in the Old Testament that so vividly explains and portrays Jesus than the book of Isaiah. There are things about Jesus that you find in the book of Isaiah that you find nowhere else. Isaiah candidly talked in Isaiah 53 about the fact that Jesus wasn't going to come on the scene and everybody would know it. He wasn't going to come with rays of sunlight beaming off of his eyebrows. No, 
he would come as one who most folks would reject. And we find in the New Testament that even the disciples said, is there anything good that can come from Nazareth? The hometown, the, the growing up spot, the place where he learned carpentry, that place called Nazareth. See, Jesus was even placed geographically, socioeconomically, amen, and also politically in a place that put him behind the eight ball. Only Isaiah makes that so vividly clear in chapter 53. It is also the book of Isaiah that also makes it clear that the Lord says that my mind is not like your mind. He said, my thoughts are not like your thoughts or nor my ways like your ways. He said, as high as the heavens are from the earth are my thoughts than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. It is in that 55th chapter of Isaiah where he also said, and my word will go and it will not turn, return void. It will do whatever I have willed it to do. Amen. It is where we get the encouragement of knowing when we share the gospel with somebody that it's not in vain. Because the Lord's word will not come back void. It is in the book of Isaiah that we also find the passage of scripture that Jesus read when he went to the synagogue and began to preach to the people. He read that passage, he said, that I have been anointed by the Spirit of the Lord. He's anointed me to preach the gospel, to lead captivity captive and set the captives free. It is in that 61st chapter of Isaiah where you find those so most popular words. And you find in the book of Isaiah prophecy about the second coming of Jesus Christ. You find the new Babylon, if you will, the mystery Babylon of Revelation and chapters 13 and 14. Isaiah is poignant. He is vivid in explaining to us the things about Jesus. So on today, we find ourselves in the fifth chapter. This morning in Sunday school, we dealt with the sixth chapter, dealing with Isaiah's call from the Lord. In the fifth chapter, we find that there is a problem in the house of Israel. There is a problem that God asks the question, why? This text reminds me of when I was a little kid, amen, there were uh, these riddles. They would say, riddle me, riddle me. What is that? Over the head and under the hat. Some smart person would say, hair, amen, if you got some, amen. If you don't, then there's a whole other situation. But uh, usually in those days, everybody had some hair, amen. And, and it may get a little more difficult, and they might say, riddle me, riddle me. What is that that has one eye but cannot see? Folks would scratch their heads and wondering, I, I don't want to eye, but can I see? Then eventually we would find out that it was a needle. But riddle me, riddle me today, amen, is 
a much more serious issue. It is if the Lord is saying, riddle me, riddle me, what is that? When I put in good seed, I don't get good seed back. What is this that when I put in the sweet seed of grapes, that all I get in return are grapes of wrath? What is going on in this text? Isaiah says, I'm going to sing you a song. It's some bad news, but even bad news can travel through a song. So he says, now let me sing to my beloved. Let, Let me sing to the Lord. He says, a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. Isaiah says, I'm going to talk about how good God is in this song. He says, uh, my well-beloved has a vineyard. So his well-beloved is agrarian in nature. He's interested in agriculture, amen? And it's on a very fruitful hill. The Lord, his beloved, amen, was wise in where he geographically placed his vineyard. He didn't place it in the slick or in the hard and unfertilized ground. But no, he placed it on a very fruitful hill. He he was wise in his placement of his vineyard because he expected to get a bumper crop. But we go on in this song and he says he, he dug it up and he cleared out is stones. On that fruitful hill, he realized that even though that the ground was fertile, amen, and that it was ripe for producing good vegetation, he saw some issues on that hill. He saw some hard places where roots would not be able to take hold. He calls them stones. But before he ever planted, amen, he made sure that the stones were taken away because the beloved expected a bumper crop. But look at the text. After he removed and cleared out the stones, he planted it with the choices vine. The Lord was not going to leave this bumper crop up to anybody. But he left it up to the choices vine. I don't know about you, but New Testament readers, if you heard those words, it should remind you of the words of Jesus. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. The Holy Trinity is working in tandem to make sure that they receive a bumper crop. So you look at the text and you say, things are looking real good. Song sounding real fine. He says, and after I did that, he built a tower in his midst. That tower could be called a lookout tower. A tower in place so 
you could see afar any predators or anyone who would come in and challenge the veracity or the vivaciousness of the vineyard. The lookout tower was to make sure that alerts were sounded, amen, to make sure that nothing could come in and disturb the vineyard because the Lord expected a bumper crop when God asked why. God has done so many great things to this vineyard already. But he didn't stop there. We began to see what he's looking for. He says, and also made a wine press in it. He's looking for some good wine to come from his choice vine and the grapes of its fruitfulness. He intends to bottle up some things, amen, and to put them on display. He expects a bumper crop because he wants to eventually have vintage wine. Are y'all following me today? So you look at the text and it says, so he expected, he being God, expected it to bring forth good grapes. But it brought forth wild grapes. This could be seen as he expected it to bring forth sweet grapes. But it brought forth bitter grapes. How could this be? What in the world could have gone on? He's put the vineyard in the right place with the right fertile soil, took out the stones, amen, put out a lookout a tower so that predators couldn't get in. I mean, he's tilled the soil. He's made everything ready because he expected a bumper crop. But what he got instead, amen, was some bitter grapes. So then we began to see the response of the Lord as it relates to this crop that's not producing as he expected. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. The Lord is saying now, we got a problem. I put the choice vines, I planted the good seed, a man on a fertile hill with the lookout tower in the wine press, everything's in order, amen, but instead of good seed and good product, I get bitter grapes. So now he says, oh men of Judah, Jerusalem, you tell me what's wrong. Tell me, is it me or is it you? Because the vineyard in this story represents the country of Israel. But we don't necessarily have to leave this in the Old Testament context. We can apply it to the new. The vineyard could be the church. Jerusalem and men of Judah could be the leadership of the church. And says, leaders, now you look at the church and you look at me. And you tell me 
who's wrong. You, you tell me, is it me that has caused this? Or is it the vineyard? Oh, Israel, is it me? Or is it you? Oh, church, is it me? Or is it you? Why is it that I'm not getting the kind of fruit that I should be getting, amen, from the work that I've put in it? But I'm getting bitter grapes out of good seed. And I hedged my bets because I just didn't plant seeds that they hoping to come up, but I planted vines that had already produced. But even with that, I'm getting bitter grapes. So, you judge. Is it my fault? Or is it yours? So we look at the text. The Lord starts to ask the what and the whys. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? That's a good question. That when the church is not producing, amen, the fruit that God has commanded us to do, amen. we must ask the question, what? What else could God have done? I mean, was Jesus not enough? Was sending his only begotten son not enough? Was his son sending his spirit to dwell in each one of us not enough? Then why are we not producing what the Lord is calling for us to produce? Is it his fault or is it ours? Hmm. Now I know that when this question goes around in your head, on the left and on the right, the two choices, you dare not to choose one of them. So it must be the other. So the Lord then, he doesn't stop with the what. He goes on to the why. Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth Wow, great. Why did this happen? We have to ask the question, what else could he have done? And we find that there was nothing else necessary that the Lord needed to do. The Lord gave his son for you. His son gave his life for you. The son then went back and prayed the spirit to live with us, to empower us, to strengthen us, to correct us and direct us, to encourage us and to move us and to lead us in all patterns of righteousness. But that the produce has not resulted in the fruit that God is calling. So then we have to ask why? Is it the Lord or is it us? The answer is easy. It cannot be the Lord. It's got to be us. 
But the Lord took time with the prophet Isaiah to sing the song to let you know, I have done all these things too, just in case you didn't know. So now we have to deal with an introspective on ourselves and begin to look at our lives and see, are we producing good fruit? Are we doing the things that God has called us to do? Where is our walk? Where is our talk? Where is our work that the Lord has called us for? Did he call us to create cliques? And did he cause us to talk about one another and scandalize one another's name? Did he call us to be upset with one another and to take advantage of one another? The answer is a rhetorical no. But in the life of Israel, in the verses succeeding, the verses that I've read, God gives six woes unto the Israeli world, amen, because of their disobedience unto God. They were backbiting, they were mistreating one another, they were oppressing even their own people. Amen. This is the Isaiah that we talked about, amen, in Sunday school this morning, that King Manasseh, I believe the son of the great King Hezekiah, had Isaiah sawed in two. God is saying, what kind of vineyard is this? That you will kill one another, that you will maim and you will destroy, not the enemy, but your own people. The Lord is saying, what's going on, Israel? I've given you everything to be right about one another, but you've been oh so wrong. And the Lord can say that about us. Amen. He's given us everything in the church to be right about one another, but we be so oh wrong. Oh, we don't want to do this with one another because I'm not like those people. Those people are the same people that Christ died for, amen, and he died for you as well. And I'm not going outside of the church, I'm still inside. We've got schisms and isms, we got divisions inside of the church. And God's saying, how is this and how could this be after all I've done for you? So the Lord is saying to us, amen, to make sure that that's not our story. Because woe is to the one who hated his brother. Woe is to the one who continues in the body to be separate and then to be one. God is calling us out to make sure that whatever is in our power that we get along with one another. Because the reality is one of these days, amen, we're going to see the Lord. And we're going to take account of our stewardship while we were here on earth. So we might as well get right with one another down here because it's going to be too late up there. You don't want to meet the Lord and then say, well, Lord, it's because they did this. And then he look at his son. And he say, well, I gave you my son and he gave you the spirit so that you could overcome and be better about your brother or your sister. Amen. So the Lord is saying, if not, woe unto you. But it's not that God has made anyone do such a thing. It's because we've leaned unto our own understanding. 
We've decided that I'm more important than somebody else. So therefore, I will set myself apart from somebody else. They ain't right, but I am. But we must never forget that it is by the grace of God that we are who we are. We must make sure that we work hard at making sure that we walk right in the sight of the Lord. That we love one another. That we line up with one another. That we work together with one another. That we pray for one another. That we suffer with one another. That we bring the burdens of one another and bear them. Because this is what is pleasing unto the Lord. So saints of God, and make sure that you don't get complacent in easy believism because that brings about bad fruit make sure that you have some time carved out for the Lord to to take care of his business and just not your own there's a lot of good things that we can do amen but then there's some God things that need to be on the plate as well amen and so we must continue to work at it and it's a struggle because something is always calling for you to do something else but you must always be diligent to remember that it's only what you do for Christ that will last there's some good things that you're going to do in this world that's going to burn up in the fire but make sure that you got Christ in your list of efforts make sure that you've been working for the Lord. I'm coming to the end of this sermon and just as a warning and as an admonition and also an encouragement to the saints to not get caught up in self. To not start looking at how you think things ought to go or how this ought to be and remember that we're trying to make sure that we're all on the same page. Amen. Because God is using one body not to. Amen. And we got to make sure that the business of life and all of the activity and all of the demands don't snuff out the Lord. That when you look, look at your list of to-dos, you can't find the Lord on them anywhere. Because that takes good fruit and makes it bad. Because at the end of the day, the Lord is looking for those who will be faithful unto him you be faithful unto the Lord if I never are able to say another word to you today amen be faithful unto the Lord make sure that you got some time in your busy schedule for the Lord make sure that there's something that you are doing that is good religion as James said make sure that you can be like Isaiah amen and say here am I send me. There's a need over here. There's somebody who needs some food and needs some help with some financial situation or some other relational situation that God wants you to step into and that you to bring light unto that darkness. Be ready to say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Because God has called us to be troubleshooters. And the world is so full of trouble. But while we got these few years down here on earth, don't squander them. Make sure that you fit the master's work in your schedule. Make sure that the gospel and living right and 
reaching out and being charitable is part of your life because God is the epitome of giving. The Lord even says to us, I've supplied even that because if you give, it shall be given. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. If you give your time, he'll give you more time. If you give your money, he'll give you more money. If you give your heart, he'll give you more heart. If you be courageous, he'll give you more courage. Give and it shall be given. And he's not going to just give it to you a little bit, but it's pressed down, shaking together, and running over. It's the idea of uh, those of us who remember the teacups in the salsa. Amen. They pour the drink, pour some coffee or tea into that cup. And it, sometimes when it gets full, it starts running over into the sulfur. That's what the Lord wants to do in your life. He wants to pour so much blessing in your life that it starts to run over. That it's spilling on to other folks and other things. Amen. So they get blessed by just being around you. It is the Lord who said, bring ye the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there may not be room enough to receive it. I, I just feel right now today that there's somebody in here that knows what that blessing looks like. Somebody in here that looks around and say, I got more than enough. And so God wants you to keep giving out of that abundance and he'll keep giving to you. That those who lack will have and that we will have enough and everybody will be at equality. He doesn't want us to hoard, amen. He doesn't want us to take advantage, but he wants us to give. See, that's how you get good fruit. Is when you give of yourself and your material finance, amen, to those who are in need, amen. That you give the good word of God which is able to save a soul. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Do y'all hear me in here today, amen. So just wanted to encourage you today, amen, to not get caught up in that which God will ask, why did you not produce? But make sure you are faithful to the work that's set at hand. And you know I can't get out of here without talking about the most faithful one who ever was. Whoever is and whoever shall be. Sister Pierman, I can't Get out of here without talking about the one who God sent down through 40 and two generations. I can't stop talking about that one who he, 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 was, he was born of a virgin. And he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He, he was born in a manger in, in, in a trough, amen, because there was no room in the end. That he grew up, amen, and he grew in wisdom and in stature. And he walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem for three long years, healing the sick and raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, giving those speech who could not speak, and those the ability to walk who could not walk. The man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 long years. He said, would you like to be well, after the man got through with his excuses, the Lord said, pick up your bed and walk. And he did. It is that one that I cannot 
talk about today. Because he is the source of our ability to produce good fruits. That same Jesus, amen, became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be called the righteousness of God in him. It was this Jesus who subjected himself to a kangaroo court. Deacon Young, amen. They marched him from Annas to Caiaphas. From Caiaphas to the Sanhedrin. They had trumped up charges on an innocent Jesus. But it didn't stop there. They moved him on to Pilate and Pilate to Herod and Herod back to Pilate. Pilate exclaims, he says, I can find no fault with him. What did he do wrong? But the vehement evil minds and spirits of those who were religious without relationship, amen, said crucify him. Because they had a form of religion, but it's not according to godliness. They had a knowledge, but it lacked holiness in their own. They were those who put themselves in the seat of Moses and they wanted other folks to look at them and say, look at how good you are. But at the same time, they were covetous. They were greedy. And they didn't want no Jesus on the scene. They refused to see that he was the son of God. It is my hope and prayer today that there is nobody in our church, amen, who is living religiously without relationship. Is living and blinded to Jesus because the only thing they can see is their own self. Amen. Today is the day to get right in your heart and make sure that you're pure with the Lord. Amen. And that your relationship with the family is the way the Lord calls us to be. He doesn't call us to be separated, but he calls us to be unified. Jesus never turned against even his accusers. He kept being kind and sweet. Even you find Jesus at one of his enemies' house for dinner. He get mistreated. They didn't wash his feet. They didn't anoint his head. They just let him sit in there any kind of way, but he still went. And now sometimes you're going to have to go some places where you really aren't going to be wanted, but God wants you to be there. And when you are there, don't treat them like they treat you. Do not recompense evil with evil, but evil with good. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Amen. So the story goes on. Amen. Our Lord and Savior staying faithful even under slander and even under the, the, the danger of being killed. Amen. He kept on ministering. Went through kangaroo courts. He could have called down a legion of angels, but he didn't. Because he loved us just that much. He knew if he had to destroy everything right then, there would be no hope for us today. Amen. So he kept on his mission. Like a lamb in the midst of his shearers, he didn't mumble. Not one word. And we find our Jesus being marched down the Via Della Rosa. The road of suffering. They marched him down that road to outside of the walls of Jerusalem. You see, they didn't even want him to die inside. They wanted him outside. They wanted their only hope for tomorrow to be expelled to outside because they thought they were their hope in themselves. It is my prayer today, nobody thinks they're self-sufficient in here today, that they can pick themselves up by their own bootstraps.
but must know that if you're going to be anything and do anything, you've got to have the Lord. If you're going to be successful, amen, in life, you'll be successful in the will of Almighty God. But the story doesn't end now. It took him out to the hill called Golgotha's Hill. It is the hill of the skull. They put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet. <laughs> he could have come down, but he decided to die just to save you and me. He, he could have said, that's it, you crooked and perverse generation, I'm out of here. But Sister Lyons, he had you in his mind. Amen. Brother Jamal, he had you on his mind. So he stayed down. Hands stretched wide. Feet nailed, and they picked him up and they dropped him in a hole. He was there on that cross from the third to the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, he died. He died for you and me. He died a death that we couldn't die. He paid a payment that we couldn't pay. Because it took a sinless, matchless lamb to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. But the story doesn't end now. They took him down off that old rugged cross. And they put him in a borrowed tomb. And he was in that tomb all night Friday night. He was in that tomb all day Saturday. He was in that tomb all night Saturday night. But it was early Sunday morning. Before the dew began to fall. It was early Sunday morning before the crickets began to sing their song. It was early Sunday morning before the rooster began to crow. It was early Sunday morning before the birds began to do their tweets. My Jesus and your Jesus, he got up from the grave. He didn't just get up, but he got up with all power. All power in his hand. The same power that he raised the dead. In the last day, he's going to raise us too. For the Bible says that the trumpet shall sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise. And they that remain shall be caught up in the air. I want to see you in that great coronation. In the howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. I want to see you in that place that they call the New Jerusalem. Where there's no need of the S-U-N. Because the S-O-N will always shine.
business is fixed. Make sure your mind's made up. Make sure that you got your ticket in your hand. Because one of these days, he is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. For he is worthy of all the praise. The doors of the church are open. There may be somebody here today that has heard the word of the Lord and does not want to be bad fruit. Amen. Wants to get your business fixed with the Lord. Now is the time to come and to give your heart to the Lord. Say, Lord, I am a sinner, and I need you, Lord, to save me. Come and live with me. Come and live in me, and do for me what I cannot do for myself. Because, Lord, I want to be in that day with you forevermore. Lord, keep me, because I can't keep myself. The Lord is willing, and he's waiting to hear your call. The Bible says, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come unto from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to Wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. 
Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's CastBox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings, and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast, and for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.